to heaven. We want to see you open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our brain. Show us, come on. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Come on, sing it. Is that what you want? Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Open up the heavens. We want to see you open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart. Come on. Open up the heavens. We want to see you open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Hallelujah. Come on, turn and tell somebody that today is going to be an awesome day. Come on, turn and point to somebody. Today is going to be an awesome day. Hallelujah. Y'all go ahead and be seated for a few minutes at least. Is this thing on? Yeah. Hallelujah. I get to come down off stage this morning. Praise God. Y'all know I don't like being up on that stage. I prefer to be down here, man, where the action is. Dave's just laughing at me like, get on with it. Come on, bro. Get on with it. Whoo, listen. Today, I got a couple announcements to do. The picture didn't come out very good, but if you look back here, being who God wants me to be, it's a picture I ran across on the internet. You know, I really should have put it up there, but I just thought about it now. Uh, it's a coffee pot that's been fixed with duct tape. Now, I didn't say gorilla tape, duct tape. So you can about imagine how good it is, right? So, so they're, they're sitting there pouring it, and it's leaking all over. And, and so this is our scripture we're going to go off of today, but, but here's the thing. God has amazing plans for you. But you got to stop trying to fix yourself and let him fix you. Because you look about as foolish as duct tape on a coffee pot or being from the Navy, a screen door on a submarine. Just doesn't make much sense. Unless there's a good door on the inside. Just saying. Maybe there's a hatch on the inside or something. But. So we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later today. Also, we've got uh, March 21st, which is when? Next week. That's right. We're going to have our annual business meeting right after the uh, service. So we'll, we'll have our service. We'll transition over. We'll get everybody signed in. It's, it's members and all. We'll, we'll get all that taken care of. And then we'll move into the business meeting. Hopefully it won't take us too, too long. Uh, but we've got some great things to celebrate. You know, we had an amazing year, even though it was COVID. But God did amazing things. So we're, we're going to go ahead and uh, celebrate those. Uh, men making a difference. You know, I, I tell you, the men making a difference have been, been doing a few things here lately. Uh, I don't generally like plumbing. I was an electrician for a long time. And people are like, why you don't like plumbing? You know, if I install that wire wrong, the breaker trips. But if I don't put that, that glue just right, it runs all night long. <laughs> and so I like electricity because it just pops, you know. Uh, but 
you know, after all the freeze, I know uh, some of the guys have been out taking care of things, helping people the best we can. I know plumbers have been hard to find. Y'all come on in, guys. Uh, so, you know, we've just been trying to help people out. But if you're, listen, if you're home and, you know, especially if you're elderly or single or any of that type of stuff, let us know. We want to help. Some things we're going to tell you, hey, listen, you really need to call a professional. You know, like we did do some simple repairs for plumbing to get people back up and running, but we did tell them, you need to call a professional to come have this properly fixed permanently. This is a Band-Aid. So uh, also we've got our memory verse down there. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Amen. That's an amazing scripture right there. Listen, we don't ask amiss, as, as the Bible says. We, we ask with purpose and we ask with faith that God is going to take care of it. Why? Because if we trust in him, the Amplified says, trust in and adhere to, we have to believe that he's going to take care of it. Amen? So a few of those things in there. Hey, listen, we're already trying to plan uh, some, some conferences and stuff going on for the year. We're going to start putting some women's things together. I found a, a, a great lady preacher here in New Orleans, um, man, I, and so I'm going to try to get her, uh, try to, we'll figure out scheduling something, try to get, we've got a, a men's conference coming up as well um, that we went to last year. It's going to be in August. Uh, it's right there in the Eunice area. We went down there last year, and, and guys, I want to just plug this already since I'm on the planning committee of it. Um, it's not preaching. There's no preacher preaching at this conference. Like, what is that? We do a few worship songs, and uh, what we have is people that are not preachers share their testimonies, one after another. They get about 15 minutes each, and uh, we'll have a couple of those, and we'll have a preacher maybe come up and share their testimony, not preach, and then we're going to have an altar time. Then we're going to eat. We'll get three meals out of this, and then we'll do this again, and then we'll come home, and then Saturday we'll go back. But, yeah, it, it's not a lot of preaching, and it was amazing, uh, the, the judge that put all this together, it, I know it was impactful for me and everybody else that we talked to, was the fact that, that it wasn't preachers. We had, we had a, a chief of police. We had judges. We had uh, coaches from, what, UL, uh, baseball coach. We had, you know, different people. And so it's, they're just going to be sharing. So, guys, get ready for that. I'll be in August. I'll get you more details when, when I know. Amen. So, man, I got these two young guys back there that are just pumped up, ready to do something. Amen. Does anybody ever get excited about giving to the Lord? Okay, so let's be honest. Are you really excited about giving to the Lord? I know I am. I get excited about giving to the Lord, not only because of what the Scripture says, because I've watched it happen in my life. I was sharing with somebody the other day, trying to teach them to, to walk by faith, trying to teach them how to walk by faith. And I told them, you know, the, the Scriptures teaches me a lot. But over the last 20-some-odd years, what I'm teaching him, I did not learn here, even though this backed it up. I learned that what I was doing was correct according to this. But I learned how to walk by faith through finances and through different trials in life, and so I'm trying to pass that on. And that's why I'm passing it on to you with, with giving. Listen, I make my living on my giving. When I give, it's always... Lord, I, I thank you that you have already supplied all of my needs. I thank you that you've given me money that I can give. But can I tell you that, that you may be in a point right now where if you pulled out your checkbook or your wallet, it would be empty. You know what I did in those days? Lord, I thank you that all of my bills have been met. They've all been met. I thank you that I have a harvest coming in. I'd grab a hold of it. 
I didn't have anything to put in a plate, but God knew my heart. And, and I, so I just began to thank him for what I did have, not complaining about what I don't have. And he would bring it to me, and then I would give. And so I want to challenge you this morning. If you don't have enough, now listen, I'm not talking about all the toys, okay, guys? And I'm not talking about all the boats and all that stuff. All the four-wheelers and women, y'all know too. I'm not picking on y'all either. I'm talking about our necessities. Because you know what else I've learned? Is God wants to take care of my needs and my wants. He wants me to have that big boat. But he wants me to be in a place where the boat will never get in front of him. You know what my nephew told me a long time ago about a boat? I said, Uncle Bubba, that's my family nickname, don't get a boat. Why, man? I love boats. He said, all I do is pay insurance on it, and it sits there all the time because I work too much. I was like... Well, sounds like you need another job, honestly. But now all he does is mountain bike. He moved to Arkansas. I'm like, do you ever work? So, so this morning we're going to give, but we're going to purpose. Amen. We're going to purpose. Now, there's different ways you can give. Let's see if it works this time. Hallelujah, we fixed it. We've been working on all this stuff. We got our, our media guys up there. You can give online to newlifeag.church/giving, or you can text the number seven three two five six. Put the L N L M on the bottom. It'll send you a link, and you it brings you to the same place. But you can give through there. Or you can write checks and cash. So this morning, we're going to bless the Lord with our giving. And we're just going to just, just pray that he will multiply it in our life and multiply it in the church. Because guess what? The money that we have, we send our missionaries. We send, we, we support people with it. It doesn't all just stay right here. Amen. So let's pray this morning. And we're going to allow them to, to, uh, to come and, and receive our offering. So Father, I thank you that we get to be in your presence, Lord. And I thank you that we, we get to bless you this morning, Father. Lord, you've given us this way of, of bringing our, our tithes and our offerings to the storehouse is another way of blessing you and teaching obedience. So, Lord, I thank you that you are teaching us and you are multiplying these, these needs in our life, the, the money so that it meets all of our needs. And I thank you that it multiplies here in the life of the church. So receive these gifts today and ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 We're gonna let the, the guys are going to come on out and, and serve you. Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sure. Come on. Hey, so this morning I get to do two things that I really enjoy doing. Uh, two, two things that I really enjoy doing. Now, one of them I, I enjoy a lot more if it goes well. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. But another one is, is we had one of our young people decide they want to be a member of the church. And, uh, and, and that's always exciting to me. That just means they, they want to stay in the church and they want to continue to grow and be a part of our church. You know, so many places people move away and, you know, they do all that. Uh, now, I was picking at them, but I'm not going to tell you what I was picking about. But uh, so, Haley, you want to stand up? It's Haley. Come on. Thank you for becoming a part of our family. Now, here, guys, here's the other thing. She already wants to serve. You know, being a member isn't just filling a chair. It's not holding chairs down. Can I promise you the chair's not going to move? So I want to pray for you. And if y'all want to reach your hands forward, we're going to pray for her. And we're going to bless her. So, Father, we thank you that, that Haley has decided to be a part of this family, Lord. You are connecting her in this place. Lord, I pray that the season she is here... You would bless her, Lord, with her spiritual understanding being opened and enlightened. Father, bring her deeper in the knowledge of Christ and all that he has done and in your word. Bless her and protect her and use her mightily for the kingdom of God. 
and always give her peace in her home and rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for connecting. Now, you also noticed I said the season, because you know what? I, I believe that some people are brought to places for seasons, and then they move on, right? I've done that through the years. Some pe- times people are brought to a church, and they stay there. And so you know what? I'm just praying over the season, because I don't know how long that season is going to be. Amen. Hey, Mike, you can put that other slide up there for me. So I don't know how long her season is going to be, but I'm excited that she's here. Amen. Awesome. So the next thing I get to do is we're going to do a baby dedication today. Now, now you know why I said if it all goes well. Uh, years ago at, at a church we were at, the minute they would hand the baby to the pastor, the baby would just scream, hand back to mama, would stop, scream, stop, scream. So, yeah, I, I don't think Blake's going to do that to me. I'm praying that he don't. But you never know, amen. You never know. So, I mean, Dustin and Stephanie, y'all come up here and uh, the grandparents want to come. Hey, hey, listen, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, the more the merrier. Hallelujah. Make sure you get your cameras out. Who, y'all got your designated picture takers? Okay, good job. That's why I wore a jacket this morning. It'd be all official. Be all official. Hey, bye. Hey, he drank his half gallon of milk this morning. He's, he's like me. He might get a little bit. I don't care. It'd be all right. Hallelujah. Y'all stand up here. And, uh, and, and I, I was picking at him earlier. Yeah, see, I got everything right there. They don't see it all. So, <laughs> see, so you ask, you know, like some churches, no, it's not cheating. It's making sure my brain is working right. Some, you know, some denominations believe in baptism and all, but you know what? We, we believe that we can come and dedicate him to the Lord. And we will anoint him with oil and pray for him and the family and charge them and you in a moment. Uh, And then one day when he is old enough to, number one, accept Christ, and number two, be water baptized because he understands it, then we'll do that as well. But today they wanted to come and dedicate him. And, you know, we have a couple stories in the Bible. Hannah, right? Lord, if you give me a child, I will dedicate him to you. And now here's the difference, though. Hannah dropped the child off at the doorstep. He grew up in the church. I'm praying you all bring him home. Uh, my, my youngest is now 19 and I'm kind of enjoying that. And, uh, you know, so, but, uh, we, we love him and we're going to do everything we can. Come see. Hallelujah. See, I have boys, so he's good. Hallelujah. And and of course we have Jesus and wave everybody. You want to start today? Yeah. We, we have Jesus, of course. Yeah. His mother and father brought him to the temple and, and dedicated him as well. So, so today we're going to dedicate him. We're going to pray for him. And we're going to believe that God is going to start a work inside of him that is just going to be amazing. Amen? So let me hand it back to you for a moment. Oh, sorry. I needed to get my oil. I didn't. <laughs> so look, I'm just going to anoint him with some, uh, some oil here. Y'all reach forth your hands this morning. We're going to pray for him, and we're going to pray for, for the family as well. So Father, I just anoint Blake this morning, and I anoint his mother and his father. Lord, I thank you for putting him in their care, Lord. And, Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, visitations from your holy angels would start, Lord, and your spirit would be around him always. Raise him up, Father, that he would always have reverence for you and for your word and have a desire, Lord, to meet you and to know you in ways that, that would just other people would be just dumbfounded by. Yes. God, I thank you that he will be a mighty man of God. Yes. Keep him healthy and safe in all that he does. And use him for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray for his parents as well, Lord, that they would have wisdom in raising him, Lord, that they would be able to to rightly divide truth as they teach him, teach him to love you and your word. 
And Lord, again, keep them healthy, strong, and there would be peace in this house in Jesus' name. Now listen. So I charge you to teach him the ways of the Lord, the word. I charge the grandparents as well to teach him and always be an example. Always be an example because he's going to be looking to you as examples. But I charge you as the church family to be an example and to come alongside the family when necessary to help, to keep him in line with the way in his life. So I charge you as well. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you all. Thank y'all you. make sure you all get together so she can take your pictures. Come on now. Got to have good pictures, man. Yeah, got to get back up there. <laughs> cheese. I got some cheese. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you all. Bless you all. Hallelujah. Oh, I totally forgot. And here we have, hopefully, his first Bible. My handwriting is not very good, so I always let the mother do that. And uh, <laughs> Listen, I barely know how to write in cursive, only my name. So I can print. The, the year we learned cursive in school, I broke my right arm. I wore a cast for almost a solid year uh, with some damage. I had to learn how to write with my left arm. And, and my dad, being from West Texas, had this idea that left-handed people were not very good. And uh, so he told me one day, he said, son, if I see you writing with that left hand again, I'm going to break it. And so I started printing. And I scratch. I don't know how to cursive. Uh, I can read it. But you know, the great part was, is I went into the military. And you know what you do in the military? Print. Everything is print. So all those other guys and gals were, were sitting there trying to figure out how to print again in boot camp. I had that, man. I was great. So. Hallelujah. Listen, if you're visiting with us this morning, my name is Richard. I'm the pastor. My lovely wife, Wendy, is up there, and she's counting and taking pictures or whatever she does. You know, she does all those great things. It keeps me looking good. Uh, Fill out a visitor card, a connect card. We love to connect with you. We're we're glad you're here. Listen, we're going to worship in a moment. We have some flags up here in the front. If you would like to get a flag, feel free. Just leave it on the chair when you're done because we do disinfect everything. We, we have professional disinfectant equipment. We fog. We take care of that before every service. We fog all the children areas, the, fla- the flags, and everything else. But our children are going to stay in here during worship, and then we're going to let them go to the back and drive the teachers crazy. I mean, uh, learn about Jesus. Uh, so, And the nursery is back here as well. So y'all ready to do some worship this morning? Amen. Come on. I'm ready to worship this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. I don't know about you, but I am ready to to just focus on what Jesus is doing. Amen. Come on, just turn your eyes on the Lord this morning. You know what I learned through the years is there's a lot of distractions out there. What I've also learned is, is that when I'm ready to worship my Lord, none of them matter anymore. So today we're going to worship and we're going to enter in and we're going to have fun amen amen come on listen if you like to dance man dance if i wasn't stuck behind a piano i'd be dancing i'm not stuck i just enjoy playing i'm just saying so hallelujah you ready
It's like, like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water on my for your spirit in this place today. Mm. Guys, listen, we get into worship like this. We are fighting for the presence sometimes. We are contending. We are contending because you know what? 
the enemy is fighting to keep us where we were. And God wants us to bring us to another level. Wants to bring us one step forward sometimes, sometimes ten. The devil wants nothing more than to keep you where you are. But today you're going forward in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
the people who will call on your name. We lift to heaven and we call on your name. Won't you call on every drive home and place? Come on. We are the people who will call on your name. We lift to heaven and we call on your name. Won't you call on every drive home and satisfied with the hinder parts because I know the spirit of the living God lives inside of me and you said I can only go I can only go to your throne of grace and mercy God I want more because I need more of you this existence is just not enough anymore I want to see your fullness God see your face I want to follow after you I need you Lord I need you
Abba means Father. Abba, I belong to I belong 
right there. So I'm going to teach you a new song this morning by Jason Upton. Every table is an altar. Every table is an altar. Every breath is a gift from you. Every moment is a treasure. Every day is a kiss from you. I'm going to sing that again. Every table is an altar. Every breath is a gift from you. Every moment is a treasure. Every day is a kiss from you. Let our hearts be awake, be awakened. So let our hearts be awake, be awakened. Sing it. So let our hearts be awake, be awakened. Let our hearts be awake, be awakened. Break the bread, pour the wine. Let our hearts I'm alive in your presence, in your presence. Let all fear fall away. Let our faith rise today in your presence, in your presence, Jesus. children on a journey Jesus only you can lead us
on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, turn and greet somebody this morning before you sit down. We're going to let our children start moving their way back to, to the children's church. Hallelujah. See if I can get untangled here. It's always that thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. I have no idea what you're saying. So, hallelujah. You want to come preach it? Out the mouth of babes. Hallelujah. I don't apologize to Micah this morning because I'm coming down here. I can't preach this sermon from up there. It don't work. Ain't no way. He's going to fix the camera, and I'm going to run around like I'm crazy or something. I don't know. Whew. What a day, what a day, what a day. I've got the, the title of this in, in, the, uh, in the bulletin right there. But I just kind of really shortened it up and called it more in my notes. Being who God wants me to be. I believe God wants us to be a person that wants more of Him. Amen. I believe that's who He wants. And we're going to look at Ephesians this morning, and I want to show you a couple things uh, out of this story that, that you probably have not seen before. We're going we're to go ahead and read it this morning. Ephesians 1, 15 through 19. I've, I've put it out of the message. If I told you, you know, I've got an ESV right here. Uh, I generally read, this is my King James. This is a really old King James. This was actually my father's Bible. Uh, come to find out, he was saved when I was born, but left church about two years later and never went back. Uh, I was told he was saved the day he was killed. He, his heart was right with the Lord is what I was told. Um, when I get to heaven, I'll find out for sure, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's where I found out my, my, my dad actually drove the school bus at the church, man, you know. Uh, but this is a really old King James version. It's got even worse than thousand E's in it. It's like the 1800 version. It's really hard to understand. But I've been reading through the letters uh, in the New Testament in the Message Bible. Uh, I still refer back to the King James, as I've told you before, because the King James to me is just, that's how I remember it. You know, that my mind remembers it well. Uh, but I'm reading it through in the Message. Just, number one, to spice it up a little bit, make it different. Because you can, you know, you read it the same all the time, you'll lose interest in it. So I decided to change it up this year. But I keep noticing more and more. Keep noticing more and more and more as I'm reading it. It's, it's God's pinging on different things. And that's what I want to show you this morning in Ephesians 1, 15 through 19. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks. So here, here we have the opening of the story that these are some good people, right? If, if you go back and read the first 14 verses, you will find that they were good people. They, their love is being poured out. They're following Jesus. They're doing all of this. But here's the part that God really struck at me about because the, the next part of this verse, you can go ahead and put it up there. 
I even highlighted it. But I do more than that, than just thank. He's saying, I'm doing more than just thanking God for your love. Well, isn't that enough, right? You know, honestly, as a pastor, man, to have a church that, that's following Jesus, loves Jesus, and all of those things, man, that's satisfaction right there, right? Because people are doing what the Word says. They're growing and they're maturing. But he said, no, there's more. So I began to really look at that. That's, that's where a lot of us want to stop is in that other verse. We just want to be good enough to get into heaven and nothing else. We want to know enough about Christ that we can share our faith if somebody asks, but not enough that we can really dig deep and not enough that we can say, God, I want to set in your presence and I don't care what people ask or about me or say about me or any of that stuff. But look at what he says right here. But I do more than thank. I ask and I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory. Look at that. To make you intelligent discerning and knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear. Stay right there for me. But I, I thought these were already good people. They were saved in our, right? So why does he ask that God would make them intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear? Because I think in the American church, I'm, I'm going to revert back to us. We've been so programmed that we come to church and there's a lot of works, right? It, we, we, just, we come to church, we check the blocks. We read our Bibles, we check the blocks. We pay our tithes, we check the box. We, you know, we pray every now and then, we check the block. And we do those things. But where they were was in the same boat. They were just relaxed. Can I tell you that that's where the religious spirit will begin to come in and start really messing with you? Because of the fact that you will grow complacent after a while. The Lord just reminded me of a story when I was in the military. You know, on the Navy, on the aircraft carrier, everything runs in 12-hour cycles. You really don't care if it's nighttime or daytime. Everything's 12 hours. So you either work in the daylight or the nighttime, but everything's identical. Like, like I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, I can go have breakfast or I can have dinner at the same time. Because some people are getting off, some people are waking up. I guess the only difference is, is at night you can't get breakfast. You can go up front and get basic breakfast, but not the big omelet to order. On the aircraft carrier, we got omelets to order on that one line. And so, you know, here it is. We, we do the same thing every day, every day, every day. There, there was one of my, my buddies, uh, Randy. Every night we would go up to the helicopter and we'd put these filters over all the lights because the, the older helicopter, the lighting would mess with their night vision goggles. It would blind them. And so we had filters, really expensive glass that we would put over there. And we kept them in, in uh, little canisters, you know, like first aid kits. They had foam in them, you know, because they were really expensive. We want to make sure they did not break. So all of a sudden, we're sitting there one night doing shift change. Randy's like, hey, I'm going to go up. So he grabs the boxes. He walks out to port catwalk, which is when you're looking at the ship, it's on the right. P for R, right? That's, that's how I remember it. Starboard's on this side, but don't worry about how close that is. P for R. And, and he goes up, and all of a sudden you start hearing intercom calls, get out of the port catwalk, get out of the port catwalk. And he starts screaming. And you could hear in his voice, and there's a camera that's, that's in the deck looking at the landing, and you could see, we saw a blur as it went by. And we hear the, the air boss screaming frantically this. And we're all like, where's Randy? 
they were landing aircraft. Now, Randy got in trouble that day. I almost killed the, the uh, E-2 plane because the pilot literally had a nervous breakdown. He thought he hit him, and they had to forcibly remove him. And luckily, there's more than two people in that aircraft. Hallelujah. He grew complacent. Didn't even think about it. We had been doing this for months. Every day, the same thing. Randy grabs the stuff, goes out. The tail hook was six foot above his head. That's how close he was to dying. Six foot. He started from the top of the island and got chewed all the way to the bottom by everybody and their brother. Come all the way down, and I remember our commanding officer walked in. And we're all like, whoo, he's... And I remember what he told him. He said, uh, his rank was petty officer, so we called everybody petty officer. Petty officer, he said, I don't think you have enough behind left for me to chew on. He said, are you okay, son? And he pulled out his card. Now, this tells you how long ago this was now. He said, here's my AT&T calling card. Bring him down there to call his family through the satellite phone. He needs to call his family. I, I tell you that story because he had become complacent. He had been trained over every safety that we had. And he had been doing it probably four to five months, every day perfect. And then one day he grew complacent and almost killed him. These people here were doing what they were supposed to be doing, but now they're moving into becoming complacent. How, how many of you have ever become complacent with church is just church? Can I tell you that I've never been satisfied? And I, I believe that's something God has put inside of me. I cannot be satisfied with status quo. Why? Because everything I read, that there's more. And that's why God's asking me, why do you want more? Well, God, I want to see miracles. That's not what I'm talking about, he says. I want to see the whole community saved. That's great, but why do you want more? I'm going to have to keep going, though. But I do more so that you can see exactly what is he is calling you to do, and look at this, grasp the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy and boundless strength. We see right there. I want to know him more so I can have boundless energy. I can know how extravagant he is. So that I can spend time in his presence and, and I don't care about the clock anymore. I, I've been reading in one of my old books again and, and I was just once again going through the book. And it's like, because God's asked me, why do you want more? Can I tell you I don't have that whole answer right now? I stayed up almost all night last night just asking, God, what do I tell these people about I want more? When, when I think, and that's why I couldn't preach this from up there because I, I can't stay so confined. And I tell you, I want more so that it will ooze out of me and hit other people. I'm not satisfied with a world that keeps dying around me. I'm not satisfied with people that are addicts that constantly go back to the addiction. I'm not satisfied with people that are not being saved. I'm not satisfied with, with what the world is doing all around me. I want more of God so that it will ooze out. Because if you remember, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly will flow, flow rivers of living water. Are there anything flowing out of your belly? Is there anything? 
Can I tell you, I'm not satisfied with this little bit. That's, that's not enough. I want a lot. I want a lot. I want him because, I, like I said earlier, I want to I stand in the crypt of the rock and watch him go by. I want to know what it's like to walk into the Holy of Holies. I want to know those things. Why? Because he said that I should. And it's available to me. Trusting God is awesome. Living by faith is what God wants. Loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength is scriptural. But there's more. There's a joy when we have the experience. Are you living with with joy that just overflows? Are you living with that? I want the experiences with God that will forever change my life that I can never, ever, ever, ever satisfy with anything else. I know people that have all these other things, but the, the thing is, I don't want any of that. You know, that there was a saying when I first got saved, you're so spiritually minded, you're no earthly good. I tell you, I want to be so spiritually minded that I am no earthly good. I, I listened to a preacher the other day, and I listened to what this person was saying, and I just sat there and I wept. I've listened to it three times. Because I'm like, God, I want to be there. It reminds me of an old, now, if you've never seen her preach, her name is Catherine Coleman. It's generally, you see most of her preaching in, in black and white. She'd always wore these big, long, flowing dresses. And, and there was one sermon I ran into with her. And she walked out on the stage, and she had, was so in tune with what the Holy Spirit is doing and feeling. Some of you may remember this one. She fell to her knees on the stage and began to cry. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. He's all I've got. Don't hurt him. He's all I got. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. Don't hurt him. He's all I got. You can turn it down, guys. It'll be all right. Not hurting him. Yeah, turn it down so it's not going to. Don't hurt him because he's all I got. I'll just use this one for you. Can you sense what the Holy Spirit is doing in, around you that much? Can I tell you the problem I see is the fact that the, the religious spirit of complacency has gotten so into our lives that we don't even notice it? What, one of the comments this person made, let me see if I can pull it up real quick, is they use the word aloof. You ever heard of that word? Aloof. Hold on, let me go find the, let me go find the, aloof, A-L-O-O-F. At a distance, especially in feeling or interest. I'm tired of being at a distance. And I think there are other people that are tired of being at a, a distance. I'm tired of people that, that only, they're just, they show their disinterest. I don't want to be reserved I don't want to be disinterested. I want to see more of God. And you know what? I think it's going to take a church that wants to see more of God and to answer the question, why do you want more of God? Not, well, the Bible said, no, no. This is beyond that. It's a personal thing in here that says, why do you want more of me? And I will chew on this and, and probably not sleep again tonight as I lay there just thinking of why do I want more of you? Because I've got to answer the question. There's a, there's a part on the other side of the equation I don't have. But I can tell you this, that when we get to the part where we have more of him, we won't be sitting around anymore. 
We will not, I'm telling you, we won't be able to contain what it is that we have. I had a dream last night, and I saw this octopus. And, and, and the octopus was just sticking his fingers out. And you know what I think it is? Is It's that spirit of complacency that's coming into the church. And I'm just not talking about our church. I'm talking about the church, especially here in America, that there's a complacency that's going on. And, and here we are. We, we're singing and worshiping, and, and, but we're not fighting for what God has. We're, we're complacent enough that we sit down in our chairs and we say, oh, God, you're awesome. You're awesome. I ain't, that was the air condition. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. Okay, maybe if I do it again. You're awesome, God. I love you, Jesus. I know. And then we give up. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm waiting for the day, the day that you don't even strike a chord and people are up there falling on their face saying, I, I just got to have Jesus. Can I tell you, it won't bother me when you stay on your knees in the entire time right there while the preaching is going on, crying. I'll turn the mic up. They'll take care of it. Because when you get to the place that you've got to have Jesus more than you've got to have your pride, you'll finally get somewhere. When you've got to have Jesus more than you've got to have what people think about you, you're going to get it. I'm telling you, if, if we will get to the place where we say, I've got to press through, I've got to have more. I've got to get beyond the religious spirit. I've got to get beyond anything that will stop me from seeing his face today. Every single day of the week. Yeah, but preacher, that's what you do for a living. You know, John's been riding with me. He sees what goes on in my day life. It's pretty crazy. Sometimes I think I have less time to pray and, and, and study the Word than I did when I was working 80 hours a week. But you know what? I'm ministering to people. But I've got to have more, guys. And you know what? Jose brought his, his wooden sword for me today. Because I think it's about time we cut off some stuff. Because there's some stuff holding y'all back that y'all looking at me like I'm crazy right now. What are you talking about? I got to have more and, and crying on the floor. and all. Listen, there are things holding you back. Because I'm telling you, when you start getting an experience with Jesus Christ, you want nothing else. You'll want nothing else. And you'll tell the fake. Anybody remember when Coke changed their, their recipe? Can y'all believe that? See, y'all younger people don't even know that. Coke changed the recipe. It didn't go over very well. Didn't go over very well at all. They had to go back to the original recipe, and that's why they labeled the cans the way they did, to tell people the difference. See, us true Coca-Cola drinkers knew the difference, and we were not satisfied with that other stuff. That's why us true Coca-Cola drinkers won't drink Pepsi, because that's just a flat Coke. Some of y'all been putting up with flat, flat religions for, for way too long. Some of us have been putting up with flat church for way too long. Church should have no, no power, no spirit, no, nothing flowing through it. We go to church, we pay our dues, and we go home. But I'm telling you, it's time we cut off some tentacles. We cut some things that have been, been stopping you from moving forward. Today is your day to move into more. I don't have the answer to what more is. But I know there's some people that want to get on that journey with me. Because <laughs> you know what? I've experienced some more. I've experienced the more where, where I'm sitting there and, and can feel the room filled with angels. Where the Spirit of God comes so heavy in a room, it drops me to my knees. And my friend's laughing at me. And that was walking in the door of a church. 
I opened the door and the Spirit of God flowed out and dropped me to my knees. And I just sitting there like, whew. I'm looking at him. He's like, yeah, it's awesome, ain't it? Why? Because I was in a church that didn't have any of that. And the first time I ran into it, you know what I told him? I don't care what they do in this place. I got to have more of it. I got to have more. Come on. I got to have more. Listen, young people, you think I'm crazy right now. No. Let me tell you, when you allow the spirit of God to move through you, when you say, God, I got to have more and you mean it. Watch what he does. Telling you, I, I was in a youth service one night where, where one of my leaders just was back there crying. I hadn't even read the first line of announcements yet. I look back at her, Pam, what, what's wrong, girl? The Spirit of God, come here. She started sharing the word from the Lord. We went to the altar and never got past the announcements. And for almost two hours, I had a, a room full of teenagers laying on their face, bawling and screaming before the Lord. I'm not talking about, Jesus, forgive me. No, I'm talking about moaning and groaning and screaming and and snot. I didn't preach, didn't play any music, didn't get past the announcements because we did the announcements at the beginning. You know what happened? Hunger. People submitted and God said, I've been waiting on you. And it changed. Wendy, I just had a flashback of, we, we had a loft in our youth building. We called it our prayer loft after that night. It was the upper room. It was after that night. We changed the lighting. Man, I'd go up there and I'd find 15 or 20 teenagers sitting on their knees, crying out to God. Crying out to God. Man, I remember that. Well, we had some good prayer meetings up there. You know, it was so sad that there were still so many kids that would never go up there. And they'd come to church. Pastor, can you pray for me? I'm struggling. <laughs> Man, why don't you just go upstairs for five minutes? <laughs> why don't you get in the presence of God for five minutes and let it work its way out? Listen, what is stopping you today? What is stopping you today? Man, I really got to move on. Hallelujah. Throw Luke 15 up there. I, I, I want to get through this because I've got to put these two together for you. I'm sorry. Got to put these together for you. I, I, when, when, I, when I saw this, it was another preacher that was preaching. And when I heard this, I was like, oh, my God, I never saw it, but I put it together. Luke 15, 17 through 32. It's on the screen. It's in red. We're talking about the prodigal son. The prodigal son. I'm going to show you a side of the prodigal son that, that another preacher showed me. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I, I've listened to it three times now because I've never seen it like this. And and. I had this message put together. I had to add it in there because it was so powerful. Look at this. But when he came to himself, he said, this is the prodigal son. How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? Keep going. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and before you. Verse 19. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Maybe I put him no longer worthy to be called your son. Keep going. Did I mess it up? Uh, okay. But his father said to his, ser- his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and shoes of his feet. I'm going to preach about that later, but I need to keep moving. 
and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. We're fixing to have a party. For this is my son who was dead and alive, and he was lost and is found. Now, we generally use this scripture as the lost that come in, right? They were saved. Watch this. Keep going. No? Okay. Jump down to verse 25. Go to 25 for me. It's going to be 25 through 30, Micah. Micah's so good at that. Look at this. This is us. This is the church. Now the older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard the music and dancing. He heard the party. They were having the couchon delay. No Budweiser. None of the other stuff. They were having the couchon delay. We, we got an invitation for a wedding, and it said BYOB, and I said, oh, we should all go in there with Bibles and see what they say. It's, it's an unsaved person we know. Keep going. And he called one of the servants and asked, what does these things mean? Keep going. And he said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. Should have been excited. But he was angry and refused to go in right there. He was angry and he refused to go in. You see, what, what happened was is the church got so satisfied was where they were that when the Holy Ghost tried to throw a party, they got mad and left. The older brother refused to go into the party. But look right here. His father came out and he treated him. He, he, what is, what's wrong? Watch this right here. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I've sat in church every single week and you didn't throw a party for me, Holy Ghost. I've been here for 40 years and you ain't never threw a, a party for me. But that one guy gets saved and all of a sudden the whole place goes crazy. And, and, but what about me? I deserve a party. Look at that mentality right there. I never disobeyed your command. You've never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Verse 28. You would not go in. That is that religious spirit that we're talking about. That's that religious spirit right there. Guys, today it is your choice if you go in or not. God says today, if you want more and don't even know why you want it, you can enter in. Or you can sit in your seat. See, today's not a day where you get to just stay seated and maybe come to an altar if you feel like it. Just being honest with you. Today's a day where you're going to have to get out of your seat and do something. Because God is saying that if you want more, if you want more, you're going to have to go in. You're going to have to go in. Uh, you got something soft for me up there? You're going to have to go in. So many times we sit here and watch people go to the altar. And you know what we say? Oh, bless their heart. They must, they must be doing some bad things. Didn't mean that at all. Maybe they say, you know what, God, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with where my life is. I want more. Today is the day where, you know what, symbolically, that's why I had him bring this. It's time to cut some things. It's time to cut some things out of your past. It's time to cut some things that are tied onto your present. 
Can I be as bold as sit here and tell you this? If you're sitting here listening to this message and saying, I ain't got a clue what that boy's saying up there. That ain't me. You probably need to be the first one up here so I can cut. Can I tell you, your pastor up here, the preacher, I'm the first one on my knees saying, God, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me. God, I need more. What is in my life that's stopping me from getting more? God, I don't even know what more is right now, but I want it. I've got to see you, God. And I want to see a church that wants you that way. You know, one of the saddest things I've ever noticed in, in the church, I can't say this about the church I got saved in, but every other church I've been a part of for the last 20-something years, is the prayer ministries are pathetic. We have a group of people that actually go around praying for church, churches. Their intercessor groups are pretty much pathetic. You know why? Made up of four or five women that want to pray. And that's it. Those women are doing a great job. I'm not faulting them at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about them. While the rest of us sit at home and we show up on Sunday and get to eat at the table that they have labored for all week. Those intercessors have labored so that you can come in here and feel the presence of God. Our prayer warriors are laboring so you can come in and do this. But I've never been in a church other than the first one I got saved in in Jacksonville, Florida. Where pretty much nobody missed a prayer service. We came to service one hour before service. You know how I started doing that? Some of you know this, but some of you are new. When I got saved on a Saturday night at a conference or a concert, they said, hey, listen, we're going to be here at this time tomorrow morning. Come in the back and we pray. Okay. They didn't say, hey, if you want to come to church to pray. And I showed up the next morning and they were in the back on their knees in chairs just like they weren't cushioned and they were praying. And I walked in and he was like, okay, pray. What are you doing? I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy who? I didn't know. I knew about the Holy Ghost from a book I read. They prayed for one hour. When we would go out in the, on Saturday mornings and witness, they prayed one hour. Wednesday night service? They prayed one hour. Sunday night service, they prayed one hour. Special meeting before service, they prayed one hour for that one too. And it was always packed. You know what I learned from that church? They wanted more. That church grew and grew and grew and grew the entire time I was there until I left. It, it, it was just amazing. And you know why? They wanted more. They were never satisfied with what, what God was doing today. They wanted more. Church, it's time. We get up and stop being lazy. You know, we used to have prayer in here at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. We stopped because nobody was really showing up. You had one, one two people maybe. Oh, well, if one shows up, listen. Don't, don't even justify that. We need to be a praying church. If you've prayed no other time in your life, you need to be praying now. The world's falling apart out there. They're doing nothing but believing lies. And it's time the church rise up and say, hey, we're going to change something. And you know what? If we can only affect this area here and the rest of the world falls apart, then we're going to affect where we're at. Why? Because God didn't send me to China. He sent me to Marksville. He sent you here. It's time we rise up. 
So you know what? We need to start being people of prayer. We need to start being people that are not satisfied. Like a lot of times the worship team, we could keep worshiping, guys. We could keep going. We cut it short for y'all. So here's the thing. Either you're in this place and you're not saved, I want you to get out of your seat and get up here and just say, Jesus, I need you today. I need, I need to know what being saved is. I don't even know what being saved is, but something inside of me says, I got to have Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you say, I got to have more. I am just not satisfied where I am. I don't care how far I've gone. I don't care the experiences I've had. I don't care how long I've been doing this. I've read the Bible 400 times. I, I don't care. I've got to have more. But let me tell you this. Don't run up here because you're trying to make yourself look good. Stay sitting in your seat. Don't run up here because you just you want to look good today, guys. I'm telling you. So go ahead and start coming up here. I'm going to move my stuff out of the way. Come on. Come find you a place this morning. We're going to put some music, and I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to pray for people corporately. Do not allow the enemy to keep you in your seat this morning. Because I'm telling you, if you will get out of your seat and ask for more, you will get more. Jesus, Father, I thank you this morning, God. Come on, find you a place and start pressing in. Come on, you turn the music up a little bit more. Listen, it ain't about me laying hands on you today or staying up here for five minutes. None of that. It's about you getting on your knees and saying, God, I've got to have more of you today. God, I can't leave here the way I came in. Jose, can you use the, the sword and, and you know what to do. I don't need to tell you. You probably already knew Father, I thank you right now that you are cutting away the things that are so enticing to us, things that are pulling back on us, that are keeping us from you, God. I thank you that you are removing the hindrances right now. God, but I thank you for an experience today. I thank you that right now, God, there are people on their knees, and they were saying, I have got to have more of you. God, I don't even know what more is right now. But I can't leave here the way I came in. I cannot leave here. I'm not satisfied where I'm at. As you said, if I come and I drink of your living water, I will always be satisfied. Lord, I haven't drank enough. I need more, God. Let me blow your mind one more time. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He gave you everything. You know the only reason you don't have enough is because of you. We tell God, I want more, but it's not about Him giving more. It's about us getting rid of things and saying, I've got to have you. I've got to have you, God. I've got to have you. Father, I've got to have you this morning. Jesus, I've got to have you. God, I've got to have you.
God, I've got to have you. God, I've got to have you. God, I can't leave here. God, I can't. Jesus. you the first thing you need to get in more is you can't be quiet. Come on. Raise up those prayers this morning. Come on. If the person next to you is too loud, get louder than them. Come on. There's no silent prayers when you're trying to, listen, he's walking by. Are you going to get his attention this morning or are you going to let him go by? Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus! Is that you, Jesus? Messiah. Come on. There's no quiet prayer when you're trying to get his attention. There's times for quiet, but today is not a time of quiet. Today is a time where I've just got to raise up my prayer. God, I need you right now, God. Whatever that prayer is, God, I've got things in my life. I need more of you. Lord, more of you to wash away these things. More of you and less of me. God, I've got to see your face today. Lord, I'm, I'm sitting at your feet right now, and, and I want to see your face. I want to see your face, oh, Father see your face Father I release it right there come on Father I release your presence in this place gotta have more God I can't be this way tomorrow I can't be this way this afternoon oh God I've gotta have more I've gotta have more in the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues I want you to come out I want to pray for you this morning I'll give you a whole new level of your prayer life 
Come on, you're right up here in the middle by the stand. Quickly make your way over there. We're going to pray with you real quick. Actually, I don't even know if you need to do that. If you just raise your hands up this morning and say, God, I need my prayer language. I want the power of the Holy Spirit in me. Flow through me right now, Holy Spirit. Flow through me right now, God. Father, we need you. We need you, oh God. We need you, Jesus. We need you, God. We need you, Jesus. You are worthy, oh God. We need you, oh God. We need more of your spirit. More of your presence in our life right now. Father, we need you. God, we want to go past. We're no longer satisfied with just the normal and the mundane. We want to go beyond. We want to see the extravagant. We want to see your face. God, we want to walk into the Holy of Holies and look around at the beauty of your majesty. We want to see your glory that fills the temple, God. All the robe that wraps around. Holy Spirit, fill this place that every one of us are saturated, saturated with your fire, saturated. There is freedom. Saturated. If you're tired, you are yes. thirsty. Guys, it's this time right here that whets your appetite so that when you're in prayer at home, you say, God, I got to have that. But can I tell you, he'll bring you way beyond this when you're in your personal time. God, I got to have you. God, I've got to have you. Got to have more. Everybody say, This place is a place of freedom, oh God. 
people come in and their minds are set free, their hearts are released. Fire. Burning it all away. Burning it all away. show you one more verse. Luke 15, 31. This is the second to last verse in that chapter of the prodigal. Look at the last thing the father tells the son after all of his complaints. He said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. The son that had been sitting in the church all his life had everything but never chose to use it. You want more? It's yours. You want more? It's yours. It's all there. For too long, the church has been sitting inside the church saying, God, I need more. God, I want to see your miracles. But yet they've never figured out what to do with it when they do get it. And I think that's why God asked me, why do you want more? Almost like he was saying what you're going to do with it when you get it. But he knew if he put it that way, I'd start figuring out what to do with it. So he left me the other way. So I only had one thing to focus on. Why do I want more of God? I don't know about you, but I'm going to find the answer of it. But I also know this. Along the journey to finding more of God, there's always going to be less of me. Things that so excite me today probably won't be exciting tomorrow. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because you know what, guys? I'm not satisfied. I got to have more. I got to see more. I got to see his face. But you can always be assured of this. I've been in places before 
where I felt like there was a ceiling on as far as I could go with my experiences. This pastor, this preacher, is not satisfied with my ceiling today. I want to see it higher. I want more. If you're following me as I follow Christ, get ready for a ride. Because <laughs> I want more. I'm not satisfied with just going to church. I want an experience. That when I walk out of here, tomorrow people are still going to be talking about what God did. That's where I want to be. And it ain't about me. I didn't say that they're going to be talking about what I did and what, what he did. What he did. Again, I read in Tommy Tenney's book, God Chasers, that, that he sat in the back of the church at this service because he knew God was fixing to do something crazy. He wanted to be in the back so he could see it and he wouldn't miss it. If you've ever read the book, you know what I'm talking about. He was over in Houston area. He sat in the back of the church. The pastor gets up there and starts talking. And lightning hits and splits the podium right in half. Knocks him to the ground. For hours and hours, he laid in his office on the ground. And they kept sending people back there to get him. And nobody would come back because people were getting saved, wanting to be baptized by in water. And finally, one of the other deacons said, Sir, I'll go back there, but uh, I won't come back like the rest of them. What do you mean? Everybody that opens the door is laying on the ground out in the spirit. <laughs> come on. I can't wait till the spirit of God falls in this place and messes with y'all's hairdos. Mine's not too bad. I got to go get it cut. But I've been in services where all of a sudden, listen, they stack the chairs. I've been in service where they stack the chairs. And they were playing CDs. They didn't even have a live worship team. CDs. And they'd stop the song and change. That's all they, it wasn't even that well scripted out. Everybody laid on the floor crying like that for hours. And then I remember that little preacher that got up. I'd love to get her over here one day. Little country preacher, she got up. She said, I don't come in eloquence of speech, but I come in a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. And she has for the last 15 years that I've known her. Is that what you want? Or are you okay? Are you sitting there saying, I don't know what this dude's talking about. I'm going to pray for you. Guys, we've got to get more. Because this is not what all he, he left us here to do. This is not all the, the experiences and all of this. I'm hungry. I want it, man. So listen, on Sunday mornings, 9.15, come in here and pray. We'll be done. Come in here and pray. Pray until service starts. Pray whatever. Wednesday nights, come and pray. We may be practicing a little bit, but come in here and pray. It don't matter if we're practicing. Nobody cares. I promise you, they listen. Pray. And let's see what God will do, amen? Let's see what God will do. Come on, stand up. I want to pray for you this morning one more time before we dismiss. Look, it ain't even 12, man. Look at this. I'll beat the Baptist. No. I say that to pick up my Baptist buddies. Father, I thank you for the challenge that you have given me. And Lord, I thank you for the people that are picking it up and saying, I want more. And number one, I want to answer that question. That what do I want more for? <laughs> Why do I want more of God? Why do I want more of Him? God, so I pray right now that every person here that are, that are going to listen to this in the years to come online, the radio, whatever media it is, that they would feel that same spiritual challenge, God. They would feel the same spiritual challenge 
and that we would start seeking your face more than anything else in the world that only you could satisfy, Lord. Put that desire down in us that only you can satisfy. And Lord, I pray for peace in our homes, but unsettledness on where we sit today, that we would not get comfortable where we are spiritually, that we would want to move forward. And we pray health over us and blessings of finances in the lives of the people and ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that, shout an amen with me this morning. Amen. Amen. Listen, we love you. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for being a part of the baby dedication and the membership. And don't forget, we're going to have that meeting after service tomorrow, uh, Sunday. Now, listen, if service goes long, we'll just have it after. It doesn't matter. So the meeting may be at 2 o'clock. We don't know. So we'll see how that goes. Amen. And uh, but we'll be back here Wednesday. So come and pray with us Wednesday, and we'll have service Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Amen. Don't forget your children. We love you. Hey, listen, and if, if you're not a member, fill out your membership application because we need